as you may have noticed, the Covert Narcissism podcast has a new look. Well, kind of a new sound. You know, it's better sound, a studio recording. I'm sitting in front of a mic and lights and, and a camera. And, and my producer came to me and, okay, yes, those words actually just came out of my mouth. I have a producer. What? I've never had a producer in my life. This is crazy. But he came to me and he said, hey, you should charge for a second episode each week, you know, to help cover these costs, like a, a bonus episode, a patron program. And I went, I can't do that. I can't do that. It's not in my heart to charge for these episodes. I just, I can't. This is my mission. I want to scream it from the rooftops and spread the word about covert narcissism. So I told him, I said, look, we just, we got to find a different way. So you've probably noticed some small ads now in the podcast, and I really, truly want to keep this to a minimum. And if you feel like you need to skip over the ads, you know, that's okay. Just do. I've done that myself in podcasts that I listen to, but you know, my attitude about it's actually changing. And now I'm starting to listen to them because every little bit helps with these costs. And so I do want to support these podcasters I'm listening to. And that's just a small way that I can. But if you need to skip over them, do. It's okay. So instead of charging for a second episode, we're going to open up donations. So if you are finding value in this and you can contribute to our cause, please join us. And as you do, I want to reward you. I, I want to thank you for your, your commitment, for this monthly donation, uh, whatever you're comfortable with. It can be small. That's fine. Whatever you can do for whatever length of time, there's no obligation here. But I want to include you in this mission. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm working on a book and the title of the book is still in the works, but the title I'm liking right now is Grasping Covert Narcissism, subtitled Catching a Ghost. And if you can donate to our cause, I'm going to send you the first chapter of this book. I want you to read it. I want you to rip it apart and give me some feedback. To donate, just go to the top of the link at the show notes. It's nice and easy, and it's greatly appreciated. You all are a part of my journey, so please join me if you can. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. Welcome to the Covert Narcissism Podcast. I'm your host, Renee Swanson. Last week, I talked about the Wizard of Oz and his representation of a covert narcissist. Narcissism is actually quite prevalent in this movie, but this week, I want to talk about the victim, Dorothy, and her three travel companions. In the beginning of the movie, she is clearly a victim of feeling irrelevant and like she doesn't matter. She's trying to tell her family members about what has happened to her, but they disregard her. They're too busy with their own life. Her problems are less significant than theirs. This is true of anyone who has been a victim of narcissism. You know, Auntie M says, don't bother us now. When Dorothy persists, Auntie M actually gets agitated. Dorothy, please, we're busy. So Dorothy tries a different audience. But Hunk says to her, and now look, Dorothy, you ain't using your head about Miss Gulch. Think you didn't have any brains at all. Dorothy defends herself. I have so got brains. This is screaming narcissism. To which he replies, well, why don't you use them? Ever heard that kind of conversation? Hickory tells her that she should have, she should have more heart for Miss Gulch. You know, the woman that 
hit her dog, Toto, with a rake? You should have more heart for her. And he goes on to talk about what he is working on and puts the focus back on himself. Zeke tells her not to be afraid and to have some courage, and he tells her to walk right up to her and spit in her eye. Well, that's not very practical advice. Again, no one is taking her situation seriously. She feels unheard and unsupported. Auntie M even tells her to stop imagining things. Talk about gaslighting. She says, you always get yourself into a fret over nothing. I mean, have you ever heard anything like that before? This is nothing and you're overreacting. That's gaslighting to the nth degree. This is the point at which Dorothy sings somewhere over the rainbow. She longs for a place where dreams come true and troubles melt away. Well, this may be a very meaningful family, but the emotional neglect is apparent. Dorothy is upset about her dog Toto and how Toto's been treated with the same codependent tendencies that so many victims have. She tries to take the blame for her dog and wants to take the punishment herself. And when no one will listen to her, she runs off by herself with her dog. She cries about feeling unheard and that no one cares. She tells the peddler that no one cares at home and they won't even miss her. She begs to go with him. However, he tricks her into returning home. The storm carries her away. And now she's put on this path of trying to find herself again. That's the path through the land of Oz. In the land of Oz, she encounters more narcissism, which we talked about last week. Overt narcissism in the Wicked Witch of the West and, and covert narcissism in the Wizard of Oz. Dorothy finds herself on this path, the yellow brick road, to take her to her hero, her rescuer. And in that path, she believes that she will be rescued from the trauma that she has been through. Well, let's look at these three travel companions, the ones that she acquires along the way, because they actually demonstrate the effect that narcissism is having on its victim. These three show three quite dominant ways that the abuse shows up in the victim. And sometimes it is easier to see the effects of the narcissism in the victim than it is to see the abuse itself. Remember, this is a very hidden abuse. And in fact, in my group coaching sessions, I give out a sheet called the Covert Narcissism Checklist, but I also give out a sheet that is the signs of abuse in the victim. These companions reveal these signs. The scarecrow has no mind, the tin man has no heart, and the lion has no courage. So let's look at the scarecrow. Dorothy meets him at a crossroad. He's confused as to which way to go, and he points this way and that way. It's clear that he's all mixed up. He tells Dorothy that he can't make up his mind because he's got no brain. As a victim of covert narcissism, the mind is certainly overloaded. It is impossible to figure out what is the right way to do, you know, do I do it this way? Do I do it that way? Do I say it this way? Do I do it that way? Your mind becomes this jumbled up mess of what ifs, what if I say it this way? What if I, you know, how will he react? It's overwhelming. The mind plays through a hundred different ways to say something before anything ever gets said at all. Constantly questioning yourself, constantly doubting. The scarecrow voices his self-doubt. He says, I'm not bright about doing things, even though he has the solution 
to how to get down from the post. He's trapped by this post feeling totally stuck, but he's the one that tells Dorothy how to get him down or she couldn't figure it out. Remember this as we go forward because we're going to come back to this point. The scarecrow lacks complete confidence in himself. He says, I can't even scare a crow. I'm a failure because I haven't got a brain. How many victims of covert narcissists see themselves as a failure? He is so overwhelmed. He clearly feels he has no purpose in life anymore. Can't even scare a crow. He feels he cannot do anything right. And he sings, if I only had a brain. Now the Tin Man. The Tin Man has rusted solid, but he's, he's trapped. He's trapped by rust, weather, and time. He feels that he's got no heart and he's hollow and empty inside. And he sings, if I only had a heart. Life with a covert narcissist certainly damages your heart. So many victims come to me asking, why don't I care anymore? Am I the problem here? Because I just, I don't even care anymore. I don't have it in me. I've lost all my compassion. They just don't have the capacity anymore after so many years of pouring their heart into this person, trying everything they can try over and over and being hurt every time. Now the lion comes into the picture. He makes this show of being strong. And he puts up the front that he's in control of his identity as a lion. His attitude screams, I've got this. I'm strong enough to handle this. And so many victims of covert narcissistic abuse believe they're strong enough to fix this. They dig in, doing everything within their power, believing that it's up to them to be strong. If I find the right words, if I find the right book, if I find the right podcast, if I find the... However, the lack of strength in the lion becomes apparent when Dorothy, what she do? She just slaps his hand. She slaps his hand for chasing Toto. He instantly backs down and begins to cry. He says, I haven't got any courage. Look at the circles under my eyes. I haven't slept in weeks. My life is simply unbearable. Does this sound familiar? He's got no courage and is incredibly beaten down. Anyone who has ever lived with a covert narcissist for very long understands these feelings. And the lion, he also sings. His song is, If I Only Had the Nerve. These three travel companions show three of the major effects of covert narcissistic abuse on its target. Your brain is completely overloaded. You are carefully choosing your words and actions, weighing every decision you make by the rea- on the reactions of the abuser. You're walking on eggshells, and even to say that is an understatement. You overanalyze conversations before, during, and after they happen. You hunt and hunt for those magical right words that will open their eyes and change everything. And when nothing ever works, nothing ever changes, your heart becomes calloused. You lose motivation for life. You just don't care anymore. You lose the drive for things you once loved. You feel as though you're never good enough. So why bother trying anymore? Your energy is simply gone. The internal exhaustion runs so incredibly deep. You've got nothing left. Yet, you also have no courage to stand up for yourself. You've tried. The lion tried. He put on that show of being strong and trying to stand up and be the lion, you know, match his identity, but he just couldn't do it. 
And as the victim of covert narcissism, every time you've tried, it turned into yet another disastrous circular conversation or gaslighting or blaming, guilting, that pit that, that it just kind of goes into all the time. You end up being the one apologizing yet again for everything. The exhaustion causes you to have nothing left to give. You have doubted yourself for so long that you do not trust your judgment anymore. How can I possibly? Go forward from here. However, here's these three, four, Dorothy and her three companions. The message of hope in this movie is here and strong. Let's go back to that scarecrow. I told you to remember, he was the one that figured out how to get down off of that post. He was the one to tell her to bend the nail so that he would slide off. The scarecrow who thinks he does not have a brain, but yet he continuously solves problems. He outsmarts the trees. Remember the trees that Dorothy tries to pick an apple from and the tree gets mad at her? He outsmarts the trees so that they can have some apples. He helps Dorothy figure out what the tin man is saying. He figures out that the poppy field, remember the poppies? The poppy field is a spell from the witch. He's the one that convinces the doorman that the good witch sent Dorothy. He's the one that gets him in the castle, the palace. He makes a plan at the castle of the Wicked Witch of the West, at her castle, to rescue Dorothy. And he carries out several spur-of-the-moment plans to help their escape. All of this requires a brain. Let's look at the Tin Man. The Tin Man thinks he has no heart. Yet he throws himself on the fire to save the, the Scarecrow when the witch throws a fireball at him. This is early on, after we've just met the Tin Man. The witch throws a fireball at the Scarecrow to scare him, and it's the Tin Man who jumps on it, puts his whole body on top of it to smother the fire. You're going to tell me he doesn't have a heart? He cries when he kills the little bee that was trying to sting Dorothy. And he says, oh, see, I, I killed it. I killed that poor little honeybee. And he says, you know, it's only a man without a head that could do a thing like that. Poor little bee. No, no, no. He's got a heart. His compassion is quite evident. He continuously shows care for Dorothy when she faints in the poppy seed. And when she's captured by the witch and held prisoner in the castle. His heart is there. The lion, the lion believes he has no courage. Yet he goes on this journey with these three to, you know, to go to the, see this great and powerful Oz. And when Dorothy is held prisoner at the castle, that's where his courage shows up. The lion is the one leading the way. All right, I'll go in there for Dorothy. Wicked witch or no wicked witch, guards or no guards, I'll tear them apart. I may not come out there alive, but I'm going in there to get her. It's clear. It is clear that he has a, uh, the courage, that the courage is there. He does add the line, there's only one thing I want you fellows to do. And when they ask what, he says, talk me out of it. Okay, he's afraid. I understand that. But he does it anyways. Courage is not uh, never being afraid. Courage is being afraid and doing it anyways. It's leading the, the attack, even though you're afraid. The tin man even says to him, I don't know what we would have done without you. Dorothy tells the lion directly, I knew you would come. His courage is evident. At the end of the movie, it's clear that these three have had the brain, the heart, and the courage with them all along the way. You, the victim of covert narcissistic abuse, you feel like you have no brain, no heart, and no courage. And I'm telling you right now, they're all still there. They just did not believe it. 
In fact, it was the wizard, the covert narcissist, who told them that they do have these things. Of course, he did this with the enormous display of the wonderful kindness and greatness. Like his narcissism was still there, but he wasn't wrong. And if you know anything about what I've been telling you about covert narcissism, there's just enough truth in what they say to hook you back in. So it's very easy to get hooked back in and go, see, he actually was good. Yeah, well, he's a covert narcissist. He had just enough truth in what he was saying to get off the hook again. That's what he had. Covert narcissists are experts at including that little element of truth, that little breadcrumb of truth to get you to believe once again in their goodness, kindness, intelligence, whatever, whatever, whatever. You've heard all this before. It's the good witch who tells Dorothy that you've had the power within you all along. Dorothy says, you know, when, when the hot air balloon flies off and the covert narcissist leaves her abandoned, because they will, it's, Dor- it's the good witch that Dorothy runs to. And Dorothy says, will you help me? Can you please help me? And the good witch says to her, you don't need to be helped. You've always had the power within you to go back to Kansas. Remember, this journey back to Kansas, as I see it, is her journey back to find herself again. And Dorothy says, I have. The scarecrow says, well, then why didn't you tell her? And Glenda, the good witch, says, because she would not have believed me. She had to learn it for herself. Listen, when you are living in this nightmare with a covert narcissist, you don't see it till you see it, and you won't see it until you're ready to see it. It's there. The capacity to see it is within you but you have to see it for yourself. The tin man asked Dorothy, what have you learned? Dorothy said, well, I I think that, that it wasn't enough just to want to see Uncle Henry and Auntie M, just wasn't enough just to want to get back to them. And that if I ever go looking for my heart's desire again, this is the line, if I ever go looking for my heart's desire again, I won't look any further than my own backyard. If I ever want to look for my own happiness again, I won't look any further than myself. That's what I hear. Scarecrow says, but that's so easy. I should have thought of that. Tin Man said, I should have felt it in my heart. Again, we're back to, they already have the brain. They already have the heart. But the good witch says, no, she had to find it for herself. She said, I didn't tell you because you would not have believed it. You had to find it for yourself. This is true for anyone trapped in a marriage with a covert narcissist. People outside of my marriage, they saw glimpses of the problems. Some of them even made remarks to me about it. But I just continued to make excuses. I just dug in. I didn't believe them. I did not have the ability within myself at that time to see reality. Until one day, I just saw it. And when you see it, you can't unsee it. The home that Dorothy is searching for is to find herself again. You are searching for that home, and it's there, and your ability to get there is already within you. Dorothy is looking for that belief in herself that she is seeing reality, that she is strong enough, that she does have a brain, she does have a heart. Her brain is not mixed up, her heart is not broken, and she is strong. In her words, If I ever go looking for my heart's desire again, I won't look any further than my own backyard. 
If you ever go looking for your own happiness and validation again, do not look any further than within yourself. Remember, there's no place like home. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing. You have been listening to the Covert Narcissism Podcast with your host, Renee Swanson. Be sure to check out our website at www.covertnarcissism.com. There you will find many resources just for you to help you on this journey. You can also reach out to me by email at Renee, R-E-N-E-E, at cnglifecoaching.com. Those letters are C-N-G as in Covert Narcissism Group. I do look forward to hearing from you. I wish you so much peace on your journey of healing.